1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail
2: Legacy Podcast.
1: And we get the
3: back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega.
2: 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., so we named him. No idea, but... Just a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum on cam i actually we said probably
3: 150 mid-150 yeah same doe from the morning come out with that
2: nine pointer here here steps out this 90 inch eight point like, <laughs> yeah ah.
3: i'm like okay well you still a buck back there yeah and then i'll step like another 90 inch eight yeah. point i'm like all
2: right <laughs> yeah bro yeah
3: bro yeah. you're like i'm like deer right there yeah like and he's 30 already yards. 30 yards yeah he, he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah.
2: And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. We come down here to Missouri. I ask homie one more time, I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me.
3: Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy.
2: Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Back to our regular scheduled Wednesday ear hole feeling beautiful voices. <laughs> I don't know if anything's been regular here the last couple I weeks. Know. Holy not shit. not even pooping regular. I got to no, get back yeah, on the system. I'm all jacked up, all bro. jacked up. Hell of a funk. Uh, well, we got Clint McCoy on talking about how to get out of a funk in the rut when you got the heat going on hardcore like we experienced Um he put out some uh, Facebook posts that I really was intrigued on, and we used some of those tactics, and we've seen some success with it. Uh, let's get to the people that make this possible. We're going to get right into the show. Um, you got VIP. Yeah,
3: I just want to talk about, um, don't forget that the VIP family of broadheads advertises scalpel-sharp blades. Um, I know almost every time I'm messing with these blades, trying to reseed them or whatever, if I'm not using the lawsuit eliminators, um, them blades just have a different edge to them, and um, it's it's that scalpel sharp that they always talk about, um, really helping to get that penetration into uh, your animal there.
2: You got the VIP shout-out.
3: Yeah, this week's shout-out is going to be a combat veteran. Uh, this week's combat veteran shout-outs is uh, Robert McGrath. He's a World War II Marine veteran. He's going to be 98 years old next month. Uh, He lives in Missouri, and he has shot a stud of a nine-pointer this year. Robert's family says that they find it incredible that he continues to go out and enjoy one of his lifelong passions. No matter what age you are, uh, you can still get out there and enjoy the outdoors, and Robert has the bracket rights for the year in the family. So, um, Robert, we appreciate everything that you've done, man. Um, World War II Marine veteran, that is incredible, and uh, you're still – getting out there and getting it done we appreciate everything that is that blows my mind when i see this story so um hats off to you man
2: all right you got exodus trail cameras
3: yeah i hear uh this past couple weeks uh, exodus and last breath tv teamed up and they did a podcast i know in that podcast they talked about the render uh transmission time as far as being real time the hot topic here coming up lately is the um, Boone and Crockett cellular cellular troll camera debate if uh, you're running troll cams and how real-time that is. The Exodus Render is capable of producing 20-second transmission time. So if you get a deer in front of your camera within 20 seconds, that is capable to be transmitted to your phone. So Jeez. that is incredible real-time data that the Exodus Render can provide you.
2: That's insane, yeah. All right, I got hunt reminder. Um this is a company that reached out to us and wanted to run some ads for you guys. Uh, I'm going to break it down a little bit for you. We talked about it a couple of times. I'm actually using this. Just got the notification for first season turkey is expiring in Illinois for all the local guys. First season's almost over. Are gotta you get, on it?
3: I got I know. No, I got to get See, on it. See, I'm telling you. That's why I, I got the <laughs> message. I'm like, I am not up shit. over here. So,
2: <laughs> first season lottery is in the books right now. It's about to close. So, Anyways, uh, they have over 470 different application periods across the U.S. and Canada on their website, ranging from big game to small game to migratory birds. Uh, and the application periods includes preferred points, public land drawings, youth hunts, um, anything that you, you would need information about or what you would have to have to hunt this area, it's on the website. Um you can find that at huntreminder.com. Um, it's $14.99, and they've came together, and it's annual subscription, so you get it for the year one-time fee. Um, it comes out to about a dollar twenty-five a month, which is pretty cheap once you think about it. And um, I was thinking about our tags. You know, what I mean, it's you know pretty reasonable to remember to get a turkey tag. Um, and uh, they've come up with a code. It's legacy, all caps. That's L-E-G-A-C-Y and that's $5 off for your first year so you get for 10 bucks 9.99 so be able to save you guys 5 bucks with the hell code legacy so um then it'd be like i mean like 75 cents i can't do the math right now <laughs> I was that we trying to do be math? cheap as hell for a month <laughs> at 9.99 so if you guys want to try it out we uh we're enjoying the product and uh appreciate the ad read um do you have last breath tv
3: yeah i, I just kind of tied them in there with uh exodus um uh, You know, these guys are always putting out content, weekly, fresh content. They're wrapping up their season from last year. And let me tell you guys, next year is going to be a hell of a lot better with the way that they're stacking them up this year. So um, be sure to subscribe to their YouTube
2: channel and get ready for that. Yep. All right, let's get in the show. All right, guys, we got a good friend on. We got Clint McCoy tonight. Um, I thought you were going to get soaked out there glassing for deer, but it looks like you missed it a little bit. No
4: man, I'm a am in the dirty south down here. <laughs> we're high, we're high and dry, we're high and dry right now. <laughs> yeah, but man. It, well, the hey. radar is definitely coming
2: though. I know uh, we we've been chit-chatting here, but I haven't got the chance just to say congratulations on an absolute hell of a season, dude. You um I know that you worked your butt off um just between watching your Facebook posts and your messages and what you got going on, and we appreciate the messages that you sent to us while we were out there trying to get it done too. Those little man, it's going to happen. Keep going. You know, they don't, they don't mean like much, but then you're like, shit, Clint's going. I got to go. You know what I mean? So I appreciate it.
4: That's right. You know, that's always a good thing. Like when I'm, there were some days there when it was hot, son, that it was like, I just felt like I was kind of going through the motions and I was like, you know what? I think everybody's feeling that, like die hard guys. I'm sure they're all feeling like this when it's this hot and and like I a little bit of positivity spread around can be a good thing, man, and oh, yeah, like that
2: we were messaging everybody and. I would be like, what'd you see? I wouldn't tell what i seen first, you know what I mean? And they'd be like, we didn't see anything. I'm like, okay, thank God I'm not the only oh, guy dude. out here hunting that didn't see a deer in the rut, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're doing these podcasts, we're like, yep, seen two deer today, it was pretty solid. It was pretty solid.
4: Oh, yeah, no, I had a, I did an all-dayer after about, oh gosh, it was like probably the fifth or sixth in a row all-dayer that I'd done and uh i thought i was going to a gangbuster spot and i sat there from dark to dark didn't see the first freaking deer and i went home and i was like i this was the worst day ever (laughs) that sucked
2: yeah when you said we had one of those days where we seen a shooter like the first three minutes of shooting light (laughs) and then didn't see a deer the whole rest of the day we were like oh my gosh
4: and then there are days where you can just like not even worry about strategizing and just go to some rando pre-hung that you've got.
2: Those and are the you best. like 20. Yeah, those are the best. I missed, I was just, we were talking about it, you know, and I had a lease a while back where I killed freeze and there was really good deer on really good bucks, but there was also just deer numbers. And that's something that yeah. me and homie just miss having. Just you go out. You see five or six does and a couple small bucks. You didn't see a shooter, but you seen some deer movement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Deer were doing deer stuff. Like yep. I told homie, I said, all these, all the deer are dead. There is nothing <laughs> out here. The cams are dead. There's nothing moving. We're not, we sat all day. Not to see a deer. You know what I mean? Like how, how is this even possible? And in your mind, you're like, I'm just waiting on that midday cruiser, the random buck, mm-hmm. 78 degrees, but I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all-
4: but you know, I, I've i been pulling cameras uh, that have been in the timber now for, you know, several weeks. And I, I did that some of that today, and I was just going through some of those hot day photos, and you know, there were some deer up moving around in that heat. There there were now it wasn't it wasn't the classic like get you know all day pictures from dark to dark and then some, but there it was still going on, just in, you know, the road was still cranking when it was hot like that. It was just very subdued and very short bursts, I felt like.
2: Yeah, we knew we know a lot of people that killed still, you know, and yeah. uh killed a rattling, killed coming, you know, a buck coming to a decoy killed a cruiser in the morning you know had a zach page had three bucks chasing a doe when it was like 70 Mm -hmm. and we were sitting there like man we just want to see a spike buck (laughs) yeah yeah. i I kept saying (laughs) where's the spike (laughs) buck we got this one spike (laughs) buck we've seen about six times a day we don't see any deer i'm like where i'll take the (laughs) spike (laughs) buck at this point (laughs) send the token spike yeah
4: let me let me
2: catch a glimpse uh but yeah it's it was rough out there so that's why we had you on um we want to talk about beating the heat and you were able to do that and be successful and then you also put out some posts that really intrigued me and we kind of went off and started using some of that um homie was actually the one that brought it up you no know, he'd walked in and man he's just like man it's just so much nicer down here you know what i mean and yeah. and then that's that was like when the light bulb went off like okay let's just try to Let's just try to keep going down there because if we think it's nice, you know the, the deer are gonna think right. it's nice. So, um, you you know, you've been on once before, but kind of just give a brief introduction and then uh, we'll break down a couple of the tactics that you had in your post, and then I'm sure you got a couple more um, in that whitetail brain knowledge you got right there.
4: Yeah, well, again, my name's Clint McCoy. I'm a, a veterinarian by trade and a deer hunter because I have to, not the other way around. Uh, I, uh, I think this, I I was just thinking back, you know, the start of the year, this is my 25th, this is my 25th year in in the woods. Um, you know, I didn't get started until I was in the later teenage years, but I grew up in Southeastern Illinois on a family dairy farm and been down here ever since and got good ag down here. And, uh, the area of the country I live in doesn't have a whole lot of contour to it. So it's, you know, broken, typical Illinois broken farm country, um, broken timbered farm country, I should say. And it's, uh, you know, our largest woodlot sizes are about, you know, 80, 90 yards at the, or 90, uh, acres at the most. Most of them are more like 35 or 40, but, uh, uh but that's, that's kind of my background. I've been, uh, fortunate enough to grow on a, grow up in a pretty decent whitetail area.
2: Yeah. That's one thing I was saying. up. I- just i'm blessed to live where i live but we're kind of the same thing like i've I've been scouring the maps looking for a lease and i i want to spend the money and get a solid lease you know or like something like an 80 acre block of timber where me and homie can move something we've never had finding an 80 acre block around where i live is just hard to do it's like little spindly draws and chunks you know i mean here and there And there's just, like, areas where there's big blocks of timber. And it it doesn't seem like rocket science to me, but it is to a lot of people. People are like, well, how do you know, like, there's, I always say there's certain areas where I know where there's giant deer, and it's where those big blocks of timber are. If you look at the map, I can make a circle of, like, okay, there's giants here, (laughs) there's okay hunting here, there's giants here, and it's where those giant blocks of timber are. You know what I mean? where you can find you know, that yeah. big block where you got high deer numbers, higher deer numbers, better chance of a giant being in there. And that's what yeah. I've been going off of. But for, yeah, to we're, find we're, an 80 is tough. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: And it's getting to be that way everywhere. I think, um, you know, I don't own, you know, more on background for me, I don't own a piece of ground and I don't do any, um, public hunting really. Um, I'm, you know, it's, it's, you know, friends and family and knocking talks and that sort of thing. So, um, you definitely got to, you know, it, it, this thing in age, it's difficult anymore. It's it's not like it used to be when I was a little bit of kid where, you know, pretty much anybody would let you go, but, uh, it is what it is and we'll just have to adapt to it.
2: Yeah. That's like, I'm just, I told him, I said, if I got to call a hundred people or talk to a hundred people, I mean, yep. we just got burnt on public, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to hunt it. We're not giving up on it. We killed on it. But man, it's just. The yeah. deer are easier to kill, but the amount of work that you have to put in compared to the piece that we're hunting is different. You know what I mean? You just. I bet. You get to figure out what the deer are doing. And then when the deer do deer stuff, there isn't some other guy that's <laughs> 150 yards away ruining what they normally do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're like, man, that's just. They're not going to do that because that guy's there. And then you, yeah. your whole entire game plan's flipped. But. um. If the listeners don't know, here in the Midwest, we suffered, we suffered is what I'm going to say. Yeah, we yeah, suffered it's... from the worst rut that I have ever had that I can remember. This has got to be the worst up for, we We encountered a giant deer and we killed a buck. So it's not like <laughs> it was devastatingly bad, but yeah. it was bad. Like, it, it was bad for the amount of time... I told her I. We were talking. I don't think we've ever hunted that many hours consistently, in a tree. You and, know what I mean?
3: Yeah, and just had poor hunts. Yeah, so in yeah. where we should have had better hunts. Yeah, where you the know? cameras are,
2: you know, the deer are there. Yeah, yeah and, yeah, and they don't just vanish. You know what I mean? But they're just not. They're just not moving at all. And um, but uh, we had. We had a, the highest, I think, was 78. We had a day mm-hmm. here at 78. 78, 75, 76. Yeah. And then we had um, the lows that one day. The low at one day was, was 52. I was something. like, Jesus, 50. We're going out in the morning. I said, it was the oh, evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the evening. And I was like, this is what the morning's going to feel like at yeah. 5 a.m. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we had the same. And it, you know, to kind of set the stage weather wise for, for what's happened here in the Midwest. We had a cold, a really good cold front right around the 30th to the 31st of October there. And, boy, bucks were getting whack and stacked on that cold front. Yeah. People were dropping. Bodies were dropping all over the place.
2: Yeah, we almost and killed my, the 30th. So yeah. it, it was good, man. It was. Yeah,
4: it, it was good. And, and I, I just missed my opportunity on, on one on Halloween Um but, I, you know, I got some good intel on him, which later helped me, me shoot him. But right after, you know, Halloween comes through, and I think it was around the 4th the or the 5th or so, we had, like, five days straight of 70-plus uh, highs. And one, one, one low for me down here was, like, 63 one night. It was <clears> ridiculous.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's terrible.
4: It was It was awful. So, you know, when – when when it's this warm it doesn't stop cyclicity right like the only thing that triggers dose to cycle is day length and that day length is the same all all the time every year the day length drop is always the same you know mother nature does that repeatedly every year same day same time and you could even look as for an example, look at your moon or your uh, your sun uh, sundown sunset times. If you just look at those, you'll see that those numbers decreasing during these months, and it always happens the same way. That is the trigger for cyclicity. That's the trigger for the rut. However, if you're at your fattest body weight, you know of the season, and and you've got your winter fur on. How's about you go run around out there in that seventy-eight degree
2: shit we had and tell me how you feel? Yeah, we—I was out right? in a shorts and t-shirt checking cams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, we had to go deep to get these cams. I'm like, I got a pair of shorts. I'm switching it. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, going. It, you know what I mean?
4: That, that day that it was seventy-eight degrees, I had—I literally hunted in. Uh, Crocs, yeah, I see yeah, your yeah. Crocs. Crocs, out there. Yeah. Crocs and a T-shirt from sun up to sundown. Didn't see a single damn deer.
2: <laughs> not the lucky Crocs, huh? Nope, not the man. lucky no, Crocs. No, I got a but pair of was... lucky socks that are. <laughs> I, I would not sell those for a lot of money. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> those things right. are real solid. But
4: it, it was, you know, it was hot but there were some flashes of the rut is still going on when I, you know, it was all every good hunt I had during that heat wave was first hour of the day was 10 times better than the last hour. The last hour was a C And the first hour of the day was a B plus, you know, yeah, I, I was seeing, and I, I did see a couple of target bucks when it was that hot, but it was hard to do.
2: Yeah, we killed and we, we seen, you know, the biggest deer that we were after when it was hot. It was um, the morning, the first hour, is, the first hour and a half is when we seen all the all movement the for yeah. the day. Yep. And yeah. then the evening we might see a couple does filter out or something, you know what I mean? But Most likely nothing. Yeah, most likely nothing, you know what I mean? And it went on for that, like that for, we had that one hunt where we seen the buck. That's back when it switched to cold though. When we yeah. had the buck chase the doe, yeah, it was going field. to cold. Yeah, it yep. was going to cold. So yeah, during that heat, um, we had two encounter with shooter deer. Mm-hmm. We killed one of them. Yep. You know, the other one was the biggest one we were after. So, I mean, that's a win. That's dude. a win. You yeah. killed one, and then the biggest one you're after, you encounter, and I was, then
3: I was saying we, we're saying just overall the best part of the day, just like you said, Clint, was the first hour. Yep. But Literally for us, it was the from shooting time. To the first half hours, yeah, the that's prime. when we've seen yeah. the
2: the bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, we would see deer movement, we'd see does filtering back and stuff like that. But yeah, we we never during that heat we never seen a buck on a doe. No, we seen bucks see, by themselves I, cruising. I,
4: yeah. Now, see, I did. I, I I had this buck. Um, he's this nasty, like ratty old bully buck. He's mean as a snake. We call Unibom. And he, he, I had him at seven yards on the tail of a doe, one of those warm mornings, and he just got away from, I'm glad he did, but um, he he just got away from me and I'd really debated on thumping him, but it all happened so fast. And so I was mad that he kind of got away from me and I was like, you know what, I'm going to target you for the next three or four days in here and dump your ass. Well, (laughs) that's when it got hot. And I saw him two more times on that really warm day. Uh, He was still in there with a doe and I'd run the saddle in there on him. And where I was hunting him was, um, you know, kind of a lower bottom that gets shade almost all day long. And the wind flows through there on a South really nice. So it's almost like air conditioning. Um, And I saw him with a doe down in there and I almost got a crack at him that evening, but Uh, It just wasn't meant to be for him, but uh, when it's hot like that, boy, you really, like, I feel like you really need to think about body thermoregulation, we call it in veterinary medicine, right? Again, those animals are at their fattest they're ever going to be for their winter right about then, and they've got that winter fur on, that thick, dense, insulative gray coat, you know? And it'd be like running a marathon, in 90 degree heat with you know with your coat on like it would it would roast you and so you're obviously when it's weather like that you need some thermal cover but in the opposite direction of what we think about thermal cover in the winter time you know like they they don't want to be hot they don't want to be uncomfortable where does that occur in the timber on a hot day deep down low, somewhere where that gets shade all day, every day, shade lines on the edges of fields, um, somewhere that gets a nice breeze and a flow through, maybe a top that's got some shade, you know, just areas like that. And if, if there's a, a bit of a water source in those areas as well, it's not a bad, uh, not a bad thing to have in your hip pocket, but, um, <clears throat> like we use the term thermal cover. And I think cover is a bit of a quote misnomer, like, I don't necessarily think of it as thermal cover, just thinking of it as thermal structure. They might be down in a bottom that's completely wide open and just bedded down. Um, so there's no quote cover around them, but that thermal structure, those big trees on that hillside above them, giving them shade, that's something to think about. So I feel like I see that stuff in the summer too, with bucks bedded in shady fence rows that the wind blows through, you know, Thermal cover works for them in the summer to keep cool. They don't want to be miserable, any more miserable than we do.
2: Yeah. That's something that you had posted about, you know, playing that shade line that I thought would be interesting. And that's what we end up doing. We kind of, we had walked through an area going to hunt and when we had got to the lowest part where we, in the morning when we had to walk across this big pasture and it was hot you know i mean it was like man it was was sticky it was warm you know i mean and we got everything on our backs and we're taking breaks every now and then just trying not to completely get soaking wet um (laughs) and uh we got to that bottom we took a break and i'm like man it's like kind of chilly down there because all you're wearing is a long sleeve t-shirt you know i mean (laughs) you're you know you're you're wearing a long sleeve t-shirt in and and then that when homies like, yeah, it's kind of cold down here and I'm like, yeah, and then it kind of clicked. Yeah. So we put some hunts down there in the bottom and that's when we had the the buck encounters. Both buck encounters were in that bottom, close yeah. to water, the lowest point on the property where that south wind would blow through really good. Yep. Yes. Where nothing stopped that south wind. So um, we, we, we may have even had a huge notice to where, like, when you're up in the stand, you don't really know how hot it is because you're up high right? in the daytime and you get down on the ground. There's just no wind. You're like, man, it is hot as hell down here. So we took the notice to that to like, okay. Now get up. Yeah. 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 So yep. if... if If there's just a difference in 20 feet, you know what I mean? What's the difference in the morning in 200 feet? You know what I mean? So we played that in our cards after reading your message about, hey, think about thermal. Think about, you know, the shade line. And then we kind of did that on the last hunt where we had an option to set up on this ridge. We could have set up on the sun side or kind of went around to where the shade had most of it for the day. And we set up right on where the sun and the shade line met. So we could see that shaded line. Cause we were thinking, Hey, maybe, you know, maybe these bucks are going to work that shaded line. But thinking back, every deer that we did see when it was hot like that, they were just like tongue out, mm. like yeah, hot.
4: Yeah. They,
3: you could tell they were, they were feeling it.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 Same. They, they were, it's super stressful on the body, you know, like when it comes to, you know, back to the veterinary philosophy thing, like tell me how you feel after you've been on your feet for five days in a row when it's 78 degrees and you've got all your extra clothes on and you've literally run up and down hills and miles all day every day chasing does like tell me how you'd feel if you would feel awful
2: yeah like you would be we felt awful out chase. there just yeah. doing what we were doing you know what i mean so yeah i was just thinking the whole time i'm like man these deer is feeling the same way i am right now just absolutely like f this heat man <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree like it was
4: just sl- it was so sluggish the the time i saw Unibom there in the late afternoon when it was that hot he was tending a doe but it was real tentative like you could almost tell they were like, you know what? We've ran the piss out of each other the last 12 hours. Let's just call a semi-truth. I'll (laughs) let you bump me around in this bush honeysuckle a little bit, but I want to stay my ass in here where it's cool. Yeah, (laughs) You you know? And so I would see him do that a little bit, stop, go back and lay down. And then an hour or so later, another little buck would come in and, and investigate and he'd run him off, you know, But it was all that activity was happening in somewhere that was much cooler than, you know, field edges that are catching full sun and tops that are facing south or even slopes that are facing south that are lit up like a Christmas tree. So what I started thinking about is just flipping your winter hunting strategy. You know, we're all taught you know, in the old school ways of the whitetail, like, yep, wintertime, they're on the south facing slope. It catches the most sun and, uh, you know, get somewhere down low. So the wind isn't really, uh, biting them down low in that thermal protective structure. You just flip it around, find some shade and get somewhere where there's plenty of wind, you know? And, and I think that really helped.
2: Yeah. I think that really helped for us too. And, I think that's not something that a lot of people would have thought about, you know what I mean? Because in your mind, like me going back to that piece that I was talking about, that lease I had where I killed, you know, oh, you know I killed, th- I, what, killed what I killed okay. three solid bucks with a bow back to back to back, and then I killed freeze. Four. I killed four with a bow and then freeze. Yeah. Anyways, the deer did deer stuff. Like they yeah. did the same thing, you know what I mean? So with the heat, you'd be like, man, I sat on the CRP field, and they cruise this transition line, I'm just going to set here. And we knew people that were doing that, and they weren't seeing deer. But like you, in my mind, I was like, man, if if I was just trying to go back to that property, you know how it had that big ravine that split with the creek in it? I bet you they were just running that ravine up. Down low. Down low, you know what I mean? And just running that edge, checking it out. And that's how we would have hunted, you know what I mean? So I wanted to have you on because I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have thought, like you did, which was smart. And then when I seen your post, we automatically kind of switched to that. And then we even went back and tested the waters again mm-hmm. in like an overgrown pasture setting where there was no shade, no deer, no deer.
5: <laughs>
2: where it is like consistently, yep. that's where we see the biggest deer year after year is right there. We're seeing no deer. You know none. what I mean? None. So, none. You, you were on I don't to something. Know
4: i don't know it's just thinking outside the box kid and there may not be you know who knows there may not be any scientific provability to all that um you know and i'll you know give you an example that might shoot a hole in my theory uh one of those real hot days i was getting out of the truck at straight up noon and heading deep into this dough bedding area and it, it's a flat piece that kind of sticks out to the south and it gets some sun on the edges but when you get deeper in there it's mostly hedge and it's nice and shady I'm not kidding you right on the very southwest corner in full sunshine I kicked up a booner and a doe and they took <laughs> off hell and for higher ground and I was like you got to be kidding me like, they had to be hotter than hell right there, and I didn't even think to avoid that corner because I was like, well, they're not going to be there. They're going to be hotter than fire. Well, I was wrong.
2: and so <laughs> we, were, we were wrong 90. Yeah, we were was, wrong 90% of the time.
4: Oh, <laughs> I know. And I think as whitetail strategists, I think we are wrong probably. 90 percent of the time but it's the 10 percent that you're right is what makes you feel like a he-man yeah yeah yeah, yeah i was just to say just
3: back at the beginning of the show when you're talking about that random set you just go in there and you don't you have no expectations of it but when you do go in there and you see 10 deer you're like yeah yeah i hung that set you yeah know, it, it was, it's solid it's,
4: it's yeah, right. yeah. Well, like that's a shot in the arm if you've been getting your tail kick and you just go have a goof off hunt that's a good thing that it's like good for my morale you know like you can only take so much sun up sundown work and, and or, or hanging hunts before you go man i i need to to change it up a little bit i've been hunting a little bit on the ground and natural cover lately and that's been a lot of fun and uh i i'm always trying to learn and change and and the older i get the more i enjoy putting those, you know, trying to hunt as low as possible or even on the ground. And, uh, I, I mean, tr- one of my goals for the next year is trying to smoke one, you know, in natural cover. Uh, I've, I've always kind of wanted to do that, you know, and, and, uh, I'm starting to develop enough sense about how to do it. And I think I could probably get it done, but it'll take forever. <laughs> our,
2: our buddies, Matt and Jesse do it every year. Yeah. <laughs> they kill one on the ground with a bow. They both killed on the ground with a bow. Natural cover. No blind. Man, I
4: love that. It's like like how the Indians used to do it. Yeah,
2: and and, uh, they got, like, a spot that's called the hole where I think it's, like, maybe their waist up to their waist and they stand in that, and that kind of gives them some cover. But uh, Matt killed one standing by some logs (laughs) on film, had the tree arm, like, ratchet strapped to a log, and he had to, like stand up on a log to get a shot at the deer i'm like how in the <laughs> hell got it done dude's a legend you know what i mean and that's like i think that's like his fifth or sixth deer on the ground it's like, a lot it's an but ass like fourth that's with awesome. a bow or third or three or four with a bow yeah you know what i mean and I he's on film a, uh,
4: i took a that uh that gun buck i shot um i humped a lone wolf in there super early and i hung it about six feet in a a fairly large oak that was so dang big i had to double my like i had to tie a strap to a strap
2: to oh, yeah. get it
4: around there but it was like just over the top of a treetop yeah i seen that i seen the picture yeah and like he come rolling up in there to like 30 steps and when i when i grunted at him to stop him or you know gave him the old mat trick he looked the other way and I was like, "Well, that's not going to be good for you." <laughs> someone was question
2: someone was questioning you on Facebook about that set too. I didn't know that's the one you killed out That's even better. Oh, yeah. Someone was like, "I don't know if I would do that or not." That's never <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> then the you video. Killed.
4: So, here I was self-filming this, right? And I I have this little gimmick run and gun rig. It's one of those old uh, you know, real tree three section uh easy hangers, right?
2: Oh yeah. I got a two section one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So
4: I get a three, a three sided one. And I put one of those little muddy Mount screw on camera mounts they used to make on the end of it. And I just film off of that and it gets a little bounce and it's kind of guerrilla warfare, but it's like the video of this hunt. It was like, I blasted him with that 12 at, you know, point, not point blank, but close. And he runs right in front of the tree and drops 15 steps on film. And I was like, man, that was –
3: I got to do this more often, (laughs) Dude, that is a lightweight as hell setup right there. Jeez.
4: I mean, it's a little bouncy, and it's not like – Smooth can and push and pull and all that crap. But let me tell you, for Gorilla War down in the trenches, six feet up off the ground, yeah, it was
2: awesome. It gets the job done. That's all that yeah, matters. Yeah, I uh, I commented on
3: your picture. I was like, looks like a kill tree to me. Yeah, sure <laughs> shit is.
2: Yeah, yep. yeah. We uh the the tree I killed out of. We were like twelve foot off the ground. Six inches around, leaning straight forward, leaning forward like at least sixty degrees. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, it's terrible, are
4: absolutely terrible <laughs> setup. Oh, those, are, those are so bad. Homie's
2: like, "This is where we need to be." I'm like, "This tree is trash." <laughs>
4: if, if I if I've got these disc problems in my lower back, and if I'm in a tree that's leaning forward like that, I can't walk for two days. No,
2: oh, it was it was bad. I only sat in it for like. <laughs> 45 minutes before I kill my buck I'm like I'm done with this tree already the best position to be in this
3: tree is to run 100 yards as fast as you can and then bend over on your hands and knees to be breathing heavy that is the best position to sit in that tree (laughs) just bend over all day
2: I had I was during the dark when it was dark I had my hand my elbows on my knees like hold my chin up (laughs) the whole time waiting for sunlight to come up oh yeah
4: you know we we talked a little bit about that heat and back to that. Like I, if I look at the the couple bucks that I've shot and I, I was just dumping the, you know, all the footage over on the hard drive the other day. And there were, there were two dates that I didn't, you know, that were in a, there was a gap in my footage and there were two dates that I didn't film anything. And it were, it was one of those days where it was, it was the last day of that hot spell. And it was like 25, 30 mile an hour winds. And I went in and kicked up that eight pointer out of his bed on purpose hung on him and two days later in that cold front killed him the the next day that we had that was kind of crappy um, was you know a day that was so windy and just it was so bad gusty wise that like if you shot him an arrow at him south it would have headed north you know what I mean like yeah. one of those days. So I just put work in on that day and uh, and did some scouting where I finally killed that gun buck. And, and that's what, those days off led me to, you know, getting in the right spot that I just needed to be. It's not all, you know, I'm certainly by no means like tooting a horn or anything because you got to get lucky every one of those suckers you kill, man. Oh, yeah. Every single time. But those work days when the weather was just, so crappy for deer hunting it really helped shape my season it really really did
2: that's something we struggle with we talked about going in on the ground and hunting and doing a hunt and scout kind of deal yes and i wish we would have done it we would you would know so much more You know. yeah what I mean?
3: but this year we've done better than we have in the past yeah. as far as <clears throat> taking a night off of hunting and scouting or doing some work to you know whatever this year we have done more of that and traded off a hunt
2: but during the rotation, man in your mind you're like i just gotta be in a tree i just just gotta be in a tree and, and, and
4: i i have to force myself to just take the bow out of the truck and put it in the house and and go do the work that i know i need to and i i told myself last year you know, I, I killed a great buck last year, but I didn't feel that second tag, and I got kind of complacent after I killed that first one. And I, I didn't make enough moves when I needed to make them. I was always kind of like, oh, I'll get to it in another day or two or whatever. And, you know, what I told myself this year was, like, if I know I need to make a move, when the, the, the first opportunity that I can make that move, I'm going to do it. If it's right now, I'm going to go do it. If it's 10 o'clock at night, do it. Um, like if if you need to be there, get there and don't wait. You cannot stand on ceremony with these things. Mm
5: -hmm.
2: Yeah. That's what homie was saying is we, you know, we were a step ahead of him one time and that's what you're, you're just trying to literally get inches ahead of these deer during the rut. What do you think they're going to do tomorrow? Where do you think they're going to go tomorrow? And you're not thinking about well, he was here, where he was during the rut means kind of nothing, you know, to some Not extent. I true. So... I,
4: I, don't, I don't subscribe to that. Um, I, I really don't subscribe to that. Like, and you're right, in theory, and, and there are parts to that that is true, but yeah, during the run, is he most likely to be up on his feet and, and a mile and a quarter away chasing a doe? Yes, but I think some of these... Well, I don't think... I've seen it. I just saw it and killed him from it. Some of these bucks will return to their home body like this is my home bed and rest for a day or two like i caught this buck in his bed on the 10th or 11th of november kicked him out of his bed hung the stand and two days later on a cold front he come right like he came into i watched him come into his bed lay down for two hours i couldn't see him in his bed but i knew he was in there and about quarter after four, he come up out of his bed, come to the ridge and I killed him. So there are I think there are exceptions to that haphazard rut rule. Like some bucks just come back home. Like just think about it, like if you're on vacation and uh you know you're like you need to sleep in your own bed when you get home. It feels really, really good.
2: You know what I mean? Like Yeah, I could see I could see where I you know me thinking that way, I had probably messed up on opportunities. Now that you say that, because well, there is deer that we know are more homebody deer.
3: Yeah, I was just gonna ask if that was a deer that you had had in like velvet or in past years that this deer has been around, you know, or all year, or is yeah. this deer yeah. just your fall no, range? total.
4: Yeah, that the first, that eight pointer I shot with a bow there was total homebody. He, um, I've got a few photos of him in this summer and last summer, and and he certainly. I mean that that where I was at, he hardly ever left that area. He was he was fairly regular in there. And you know when they're they're when you get in their photos in the summer, in the same general areas that you're getting them in October, and then the rut. Well,
5: mm-hmm.
4: oh, he's a homebody. Go kill him. Yeah, I, I like the yeah, short he, time you know. ten. Yeah,
2: I could see we yeah. figure if we knew where he was bedded. Right. He probably went back to that bed a lot. You know what I mean? Because he never really left that area. He was in that.
3: No, yeah, he was-
2: zone, you know what I mean? But like Magnum, I'm going to say
3: Magnum's definitely there in the fall and that's it. Yeah, he's I there mean, from we- like
2: the 20th of October and then
3: We ran the cams same last year, same this year, yeah, same, you know, what we I just mean, know even he comes more. In there and-, and he's just there and then all of a sudden he's all over the place. Yeah, and
2: then he's then you he's You know, late October
3: he's all over the place. Before <laughs> then, ghost.
2: Yeah. So-, so, yeah. We we know that, but like I could see uh, you know, if we had a good idea where we had the short time ten bedding, mm-hmm. which that back ridge that we were going to hunt, I think it's bedding in that ravine, in between the ag and the water. You know, I mean, going in there could have been an option to hunt. You know, what I mean, but we made a lot of mistakes during the rotation. <laughs> we learned, though. You know, what I mean, so. Well, I. But don't I, know. I, I like-, like that you challenged me on that because it makes me think that, you know. That probably is true. I could see if you had a homebody buck that was there and you knew where he was bedded. He's going to come back to that spot eventually because he's going to be like, all right, you know, I'm going to take a break. I know this is a safe place. Or maybe he's cruising for does. It's getting close to daylight. Yeah, so I watched him
4: that that evening. Uh, So when it was really hot, I thought, you know what? I think he beds in that bottom. I'm going to roll in there with a stand on my back and try and – if he's there, I'm going to toss him out of his bed, eyeball it, and see if I can't hang on him. And sure enough, I know Morton peeked over that ridge, and he silhouetted me, and he he was bedded in one of those little, um, little blips that stick out into a creek bed. It's almost like a little peninsula, real tiny little spot. And he jumped out of there and put that creek in between me and him, lickety-split, and he was gone. So I went down there right around his bed i didn't lay in it or anything but like i got down there right by it just to see what he could see uh and it really took my time there i had my stand with me and everything and and i i took probably an hour and a half to size it up and when i hung it in the tree i could see his i was over on a ridge overlooking the bottom and i could see his entry route in and out of his bed and I could also see his route up the ridge if he was going to come that way. And I did have some history of him using that ridge right around the 3rd of November. I saw him cut over the top of it. So that was where I made my play. And a couple of days later, that cold front hit when he was, he was actually coming into his bed, you know, in the middle of the afternoon and he left a doe to come in there and lay down. Like you could just tell he was so tired, plodding along real slow but he didn't stay long before he was back up on his feet and running again.
2: Took a break and said, all right, shit, I need some, to get back out juice. in the game. <laughs> that yeah, that makes me think about, did. you know, you find those buck beds like you're talking about. And we did this on the first piece of public. We didn't know a lot about it. It was that day where it was cold and then it was like 40, 50 mile an hour winds. Yeah. I don't know if you had that. Oh
3: yeah. What, it what really was cold. it? it was, Halloween or the day after Halloween. The day.
2: Yeah. The day after Halloween. So the first, it was a good morning. It was high winds in the morning and then midday, it was just insane Ridiculous. winds. Yeah. And, uh, we took that time to get down and scout and we ran into the most phenomenal buck <laughs> sign we've ever seen in our life. Yeah. Like it was unbelievable. And, uh, we were walking. We both were like, "Man, that looks exactly like a spot where a buck would bed." You know what I mean? Yeah. We walk 15 more yards. Buck pops up. <laughs> we're like, "Shit!" Yeah. In your mind, you're like, "I I knew that was it," but you just don't want to say, "Okay, there's a buck bed there." You know what I mean? You're yeah. just like, "It it's looks like I like busted it. him already." Yeah, you know? I, it looks like it, but I don't know 100 percent about it. But I'm like, man, that's a perfect spot. Yeah, and, and, and then, the more boom.
4: of those, and the more of those you find especially those ones that you bump one out the, the, the better off that the better you get at locating them like it it's definitely i think an acquired eye a, a little bit and it's taken me like i didn't used to hunt this way like it's taken me i don't know i've probably been trying to do this for like 10 12 years or so and I'm just now getting to the point where I can, you know, do it with some pretty decent regularity as far as predicting where I think one might bed. And just for fun, sometimes I'll throw a, <laughs> you're not supposed to, but I'll throw a camera up over it. Just to see if I'm right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know, We've done that. I've done that. Not supposed to, but no, it's a I've lot done of that fun. and got bucks bedded on cam and then killed the oh, buck. So you know cool. what I mean? It's so, so cool. You're like, I just want to see if he's here. And then, boom, you yep. got you get him. You're like, man, I'm a genius. <laughs> uh, yeah,
4: It's so good for morale. Yeah, like, You're like, yeah. see, I know what I'm doing. Yeah.
2: You got to tell yourself that <laughs> sometimes because most of the time you, you have you no know idea.
4: Yeah, and then you get your ass handed to you for two weeks straight. Like, it's, yeah. it's got a way of humbling you. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. were
2: so humbled this vacation, man. We were just absolutely crushed we we're we're still not right. No, yeah. no. <laughs> we're still not. We were talking about that when
3: we were in I'm like, man, we like I'm like, bro, I'm in a funk. Dude. Yeah. I'm coming out of it, yeah. but I am just
2: I'm not ill yeah. not right. Not right. You know what I mean? So Yeah, like in you
4: guys' video there, I remember homie saying he was standing by the trunk or something and he was like You got you were asking him about like you know what are the, what's the deer doing he's like oh they're, they're kind of kicking my ass <laughs> yeah you know? i know that, i know they're doing that for sure yeah. yeah you know that's just part of it we I, I had the same and i think in general i think a lot of hunters were the same way this year i mean a lot of good deer got killed they always do but by and large i, th- I think it was a tough rut this year
2: yeah i think it was it it definitely wasn't what we expected with that cold in october every the cams were on fire. Bucks were Dude, everywhere. We were like, we're about to get on our vacation right now. It's going to be off the chain. Bucks are going to be dropping. I bought two buck tags. <laughs> I bought two buck tags. I was like, I'm just going to go buy another buck tag so I ain't got to go to the store mid-vacation. You know what I mean? That's how jacked I was. <laughs> I was like, I'll just go uh, ahead and get another right. bow tag just in case, you know, it gets good. Yep. Because we just had deer daylighting. Shit was lining yeah. up. We did too in
4: October, oh, man, and it was it
2: Yeah, late October was, like I said, some of the best time to hunt. But yeah, just to kind of recap this episode, and then homie wrote down an awesome question that I want to cover. I didn't even think about it, but I I know you have the answer with your veterinary knowledge mm-hmm. and deer knowledge. But anyways, so trying to beat the heat, you want to try, you know, to hunt the shade areas, hunt somewhere where that some wind can get into. Think about where these deer are going to be bedded. Hunt the low-lying areas if you can, you know, in the morning to get, you know, get that thermal temperature rise. Um, anything else that we missed there?
4: I no, I think that's about it. You know, like I, I'm not sure all that thermal structure, if you want to call it like that, theory is is scientifically valid, but I think it's a, I think it holds a little bit of water.
2: I think it does too, just on what we had seen from past, like where it normally is good. And then where we have seen the action. Yeah. You know, the deer weren't up on the ridges. They were halfway up or towards the bottom, you know what I mean, is yep. what we were seeing, trying to catch some wind and then in the morning and they were down that low trying to get that cool temps, you know what I mean? So You bet. But yeah, go ahead and hit him with this question because I'm I'm really interested in that.
3: Yeah, Clint, so this is more like projecting um the hunting going forward uh, after mm-hmm. this um hot rut. Yeah. So first part, I got a two-parter. Uh, first part is does does it being that hot and then bucks running around that much um, did that cause more fat loss during that time period than normal?
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. Yeah, when you're when you're ultra hot or ultra cold, there's energy being expended. Period. There are kilocalories of energy being expended either to help cool you off or to, to uh, you know, help warm you up. You warm. And it's, and, and when, when it's not, it's more so in colder temperatures, but here's where the weight loss happens in, in warm temperatures. And and we see this a lot growing up on a dairy farm here. So we feed our cattle twice a day, a great big, what we call total mixed ration and we put it out there for them. Uh, and, and we have a calculated number for, uh, as far as the volume of feed, we feed these cattle. Uh, and when, by and large, when temperatures are just gone awful high, they're what's called, quote, dry matter intake drops. When it's hot, nobody eats. And when, when cattle are heat stressed in the summer, we feed way less feed to help prevent wasting it, and they don't even go through that. Their milk production drops, their body condition starts to suffer a bit, ta-da, da da To make that conversion, deer are going to be the same way. Um, how many times have you seen a deer on an 85 degree day walking out in the cornfield, browsing leftover corn? Yeah, like never. they just don't, they don't eat that much. So when, when temperatures are elevated, dry matter intake, whether you're a, a cervid with a rumen or, 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 or a cow, um, your dry matter intake is going to drop. Couple that with the activity of the rut, or, or the activity they had pre this heat wave. Uh, and you set up an animal to lose a lot of weight.
2: Yeah, I could see. I mean, even like people say, well, the rut happened, you know, it happened at night. They were chasing at night. It was still 65. Yeah. They didn't really yeah. get a break. Not either. 35, nope. like it normally yeah, should be. You know, 35, right. 20. Yeah. Even like, I told homie, I said, even if it was 40, <laughs> even if we could get like a 40 for the low and a 50 for the high. Like, I'd be yeah. okay with that, but 76, man, that's just, you know, 56 yeah. for the low, you know, they don't even get a break. It's 60 degrees Yeah, at my, night. my
4: cameras, my photos that I got during that time period were very sporadic, and, like, I didn't see a huge difference between day and night. Like, it was, they didn't magically all get up after dark and go, oh, now we're cool, let's run around and breed each other. Yeah, and that's like,
2: what we yeah. were seeing, too. Yeah. It just was the same, you know what I mean? Yeah. So...
3: So, going forward with our hunting season, um, with them bucks having a little bit more fat loss, are we going to be able to see them hitting the food a little earlier, maybe, than we would normally?
4: Uh, you know, I think that's all going to be temperature-dependent, Ryan. I think it always is. Um, I, I will tell you, the the buck that I shot with a gun here um, a couple days ago, he was abnormally thin. Um, like, I, I was almost ashamed of how small his body was. Like, he was... He, he's been known to be balls to the wall, run all over the countryside after does in, in his history. Uh, but he was unusually thin and small bodied because he just run himself ragged. I think during like he I got him on show camera multiple times when it was hot and he was just running with his tongue hanging out. So going forward, I think it it stands to reason that you know yeah food sources are always going to be super important but i think after the heat and the rut that we had i think we probably should could, should expect um you know bed to feed patterns start as soon as we get some colder temperatures but um you know going going forward i think what i'm seeing now and you guys can chime in on this too um what i've seen the last three to five days is quote lockdown behavior and like, I don't, lockdown for me may mean a little bit different than what it means to everybody else. What I consider, quote, lockdown is when, when, there, are very, when, when there are a lot less does available for breeding. And so the one doe that's still in super heat uh, is going to attract like four to five different bucks. You know, there'll be a dominant buck, a couple little ones over here, a three-year-old locking multiple bucks into her position instead of being out and about and walking under your tree stand so I think some people think lock or consider lockdown as quote the peak of the rut and I, I don't I don't think that I think lockdown happens towards the later third of that gestation or that uh, uh, that rut cycle um, right before post rut if that makes any sense uh, so going forward um, you know I, I think hunting over food sources where does frequent right now is a good idea. Um, I think that's, I've seen tons of activity in the mornings too. Um, But going forward, our second gun season happens um, in about 10 days-ish or so. And that's always like one of the least favorite times for me to be in the woods. I think second gun is awful. Those bucks are no longer like, you know, those aren't super, receptive to breeding anymore i would say 95 percent of those are bred by then and i think bucks during that first week of december just decide you know what dudes let's just lay around and try not to die for a couple weeks you know like seriously start replenishing and and then after that first two weeks or so of december we get some cold temps then i feel like your bed to feed patterns become predictable does that make sense yeah yeah
2: yeah. i yeah i feel like this week coming up has been the best for big deer for my whole entire hunting career and i'm planning on trying to hunt a few times during this you know we get uh, two days off for thanksgiving and um, i can always sneak out for a morning hunt before the kids get up yeah yeah sneak out for four or five hours you know definitely get in there and still have time to cook breakfast at 10 o'clock nine o'clock you (laughs) know what i mean right but uh that's when I've seen my biggest deer, but I thought shotgun season, like this is this is the scenario that played in my mind was like, okay, there's so many, it's so hot, the does are coming into heat, the bucks aren't moving as much because of the heat. So, do you think that there's any does that didn't get bred, and the second cycle could be phenomenal because of that heat?
4: it's 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 definitely possible and i think all that depends on i think all i think that is all very dependent on buck to doe ratio in any given area um you know if if you've got an abundance of you've got four does to one buck i I think the next cycle could be very good for you but if it's a one-to-one or or a one-to-two ratio then i still think they got enough breeding done to to probably make like i I never really use the second cycle we'll call it i don't use the term second rut but you know i i really don't use that as a hunting strategy or i'm I'm not sure that i ever have been like yep second ruts on let's you know go hunt in a doe bedding area I, i just feel like it's I, I feel like it's it's very unpredictable. And, and you'll hear guys talk about second rut, like, oh, I saw a buck chasing. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if there's the last doe in 10-mile radius from you it is, is receptive, she's liable to have, like, five bucks on her tail. You know what I mean? like And I think it's – I think the second rut, quote, unquote, is a bit of a misnomer. I think it's a – I don't want to call it a myth because they certainly – like They certainly continue to come in, like especially those younger does later in the winter that are fawns and reach that magic 80 or 85 pound mark or whatever it is to get them to cycle. But by and large, I'm not sure that rutting activity after the first of of December is really uh, enough strategy there to hang your hat on.
2: It's good intel to chalk down. I've, that's what I've uh, I've had success on is yearling does sec, that yeah. second rut. Um, and, and it
4: does occur. I, I cracked one one time on New Year's Day um, chasing the, the tar out of a doe fawn, grunting his head off like it was the middle of November, man. And, and it was colder than hell. Like, it was one of those deals where it's like, am I really seeing what I think I'm seeing right now, you know? Yeah, uh, the October
2: 30th hunt we had, we seen a buck breed of doe on (laughs) October 30th. Chasing, grunting, fighting, raking trees,
3: (laughs) the whole nine. (laughs) Everything.
2: Yeah, like, and it was, of course, right on the edge of darkness where you just catch flashes of stuff, you know what I mean? But homie said, oh, here's something running, doe buck shooter buck small (laughs) buck here comes another shooter buck behind them doing that slow walk you know it's like the four or five year old it's like yeah i'll be there in a minute she's not quite ready but but yeah (laughs) i see the i see the buck mouth the dough on october 30th i'm like shit is on we're about to have the best two weeks of our life (laughs) yeah now look at the temps, and i'm like ah, hang it up
4: (laughs) that's what we should have done uh, so i'll give you a story about october 30th i that was a Friday. Yeah. And I didn't take work off. I was in the office uh and the wife and I went on Halloween afternoon. I had to work till noon on Halloween. I went in there and pulled some cameras on sub on on a buck I call Sub Zero who's just a monster and uh wouldn't you know who was there on the 30th in broad spanking daylight <laughs> like 15 steps from the tree. Like you you could have thrown your bow and killed him. <laughs> Unbelievable! I was so irate. Like it, it was so early in the evening that you could have shot him, did the recoveries, and had plenty of daylight for your griffin grins. You know what I mean? Damn.
2: Yeah. The thirtieth, like I, like I so said, the thirtieth was the one of the best hunts we had all year.
4: <laughs> I was so mad. I missed it. I missed it, and now he's ghosted me. Like he, I know he's still out there. but I'm starting to crowd him so much, or I was uh, that. I think I may have tipped him off a little bit. And and so that's why I really shifted focus onto those other two bucks. Man, I've had it bite me in the past where I get hung up on one and that's like I get a one track mind and I get burnt out. And like, truth be told, if I haven't killed, like if I hunted him hard last year and I was specifically targeting him and I didn't get the job done, that tells me that I'm missing some piece. Of the puzzle. Now, I don't know what that is yet in him, but I'm, I'm certainly missing something that I'm, I'm just not picking up on quite yet, or he hasn't given it to me. So, like, what do you do in a situation like that? You go find other bucks to, that are willing to die for God and country. Like I get tired of sitting around on the same one all the time. Like I want to engage new territory, see new ground, chase new bucks. And and that really helped me break up the monotony of it. I'm glad I did that. That mindset, I, I would never have done that last couple of years, but I, I had one beat me two or three years ago that I'd worked so long and hard for. And I, he just totally up and ghosted me. And I, I spent like, two and a half years working on this deer. I can't trap myself into another one like that no matter how bad I want him.
2: Yeah, we talk I talked to a buddy about that pretty long extent and uh I'm gonna do, I think we're gonna do a whole podcast on it about how you just like can waste a season trying to kill a giant yep. when you could have killed a lot of other solid bucks. And that's exactly what happened to me and homie. We were hunting only sets where we thought this giant would go. There was no like well, if we go over here, this buck, you know, pretty good chance. No, that wasn't even, like, on our brain. You know what I mean? The I only it. thing we were doing was we would literally go, well, what about this? Well, is is he going to – do you think he's going to go there? You know, that would be the stipulation. Yeah. That would be the end-all, be-all of whether we hunted there or not. Ah, there's no way he's going to go there. We're not going to go there. You know what I mean? Yep. And then we messed up on <laughs> bucks. You know what I mean? like
3: Yeah, we seen the shooter buck – Go into this woodlot or this hillside, this ridge, and we could have tore down easily, went over there, and then, sure as shit, two hours later, buck chasing a doe, same trail right in there. Yeah, and <laughs> we literally had talked about tearing down and moving because mm-hmm. I mean, it was yep. it, we still had you know a decent hunt left. We talked about tearing down and moving, but we both said Magnum's not gonna go over there.
2: Yeah, that's like past this north, north zone. We never got a picture of him past there. He's not gonna go there. Then two two at two two and a half (laughs) hours later, a bigger buck goes right down the same trail this other buck did. And I'm like, shit. And we can see it all. I mean you can can just see that you're a complete and total disgrace to deer hunting. You're like, God, I'm trash out here. Well that guy lives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh
4: man, you guys aren't trash. So we'd be like, Man, we could have killed that deer.
2: We could have killed that deer easy. So, but,
4: you know, you have to, like, I have to sometimes get out of that, like, really linear thinking and get out of my own way. You know what I mean? Like, just learn to go try something screwball, you know, like, it's, it frees me from those, like, rigid, structured, I have to be here. At this spot, this time, because he was there last year at this time, like, I need to have a balance between, like, just total bullshit cowboy in it
5: mm-hmm. and,
4: like, super studied nerd. I, I'm, I've I'm got all the intel uh, and, and being very tactical. I need to have a mixture of the two. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: I agree. And you know that? <laughs> Can definitely liven up a hunt. The bu- the bullshit cowboy side, definitely throws the fun aspect of it into a hunt. Especially if you've been, you know, trying to be super tactful on your moves and stuff, being aggressive.
2: The stress then, is then gone. Didn't it just
3: go straight left field? Yeah, yeah. You're the stress. Like, you're you're like, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just not, out here. I'm, not, I'm just out here trying to kill good you luck. Have, your expectations yeah. are different in a hunt like that, and then when good shit happens in that hunt, it
4: just totally elevates everything. Oh yeah, definitely. That as it, it's a morale boost, and it you know when you make those moves in real time and not like a week later, and you can capitalize or get close mm-hmm. and not tear it to pieces, not bumpier. Like man, those, those are days. You, even though you don't pull that bow back, you go back to truck going. I got one over on him. You know. Yeah. I got yeah. I got one over on him.
2: Yeah, that's the small things you can take away from a season that. Maybe maybe you weren't successful, but you 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 beat him one time. You were just right right there. You know what I mean? Like you almost you you had the hammer lined up on the nail on the coffin and you just missed it by an inch, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so
5: Yeah.
2: Well, all right, man. Well, we appreciate you talking, Clint. We're running up here in an hour. We don't waste all your your night here. But uh hope you have a good Thanksgiving, yep. brother. We appreciate you spending some time with us.
4: Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I, you know, I like following you guys, you young bucks. You know, I like seeing it, man. I like seeing the struggle. It's the good. That's the good stuff to me, man. Like, oh yeah, we're
2: full it, of that. It, it, <laughs> well, no, but it
4: is like that's, dude. If you think about it, like a lot of the commercially consumable, especially outdoor television programming it's that cookie cutter stuff. You know what I mean? Like nobody's teaching you how to deer hunt on those shows. Nobody's showing the hard stuff. Nobody's showing the grit and the grime, and the seven, eight days straight and not see anything. You know what I mean? Like it's not real. You know, what, what we try to do, or you guys are doing. And what I try to do is just be authentic, let, lay it down how it went down. You know what I mean? Like be a normal deer hunter because newsflash the general public are normal deer hunters
2: yeah you know that's all we try to do man we we came in here multiple times and said we didn't see any deer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know we made it, it just our normal we we laughed it off like yeah we're pretty trash out there you know what <laughs> i mean and I, a lot of people are probably like man, these guys are harder on themselves but that's just our way of coping with utter distress <laughs> you know what i mean yeah right you gotta do i told we were talking and we did like a recap episode of you know what we did wrong what we would have changed and i wanted to do that just so we could look listen back on that and kind of learn stuff for next year to be prepared and, and Joey, maybe you
4: bring, up, you bring up a real good point there like sit down and like i do this every year at the end of the season dude is i'll sit down and, and put pen to paper and do the same exact thing you were just talking about. What did I do right? What did I screw up? And what do I need to work on to get better so it doesn't happen again next season? Yep. You, you know, yep. that's goal-oriented hunting. You, you know, at least it may be, maybe not so much goal as in I need to shoot this size of a buck or that, but like I need to improve myself as the goal. Then you become better every year.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. that's something we try to do is we try to put all our flaws and everything out there for everybody else to hear too. So maybe some guy has messed up like that and said, "Well, man, I'm not the only guy that's doing dumb shit out there." Or maybe some guy said, "Hey, maybe I these guys did that. I'm not gonna do that shit. That was they had a terrible time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?" So we just try to be a hundred percent honest of what we got going on, and that's the way uh, play it. if. We say it all the time, but if someone followed us around like and filmed everything 24-7, people would be like, how do these guys kill anything? Because <laughs> they shouldn't even be getting close to these deer. <laughs> it's a complete disaster, you know what I mean? So we we, you know, we pulled cams during the middle of this. How many cams got turned off or uh i want to say two or three at least yeah it's like no when you go in a mile and a half to pull a cam on public someone's turned it off you're like no come on man i'm trying to get some moves right now (laughs) they've done they've turned it off oh yeah turned it off straight off straight off did they did they uh they leave you your sd card yeah yeah sd card in there and everything just turned it off
4: (laughs) well that's that is a that is a dick move. Oh yeah, you get
2: pictures for like 7 days so you you're like shit, I didn't turn this camera on. I'm a complete dumb shit. And then you're like, I got pictures for 7 <laughs> days. <laughs> like And then you see the legs. You see the leg shot. The random arm. (laughs) You're like, ah, got me. (laughs) Dude, got me with the brownie (laughs) pants. Got me, man.
4: (laughs) Normally, when somebody finds mine, they just jerked the SD card
2: out of it. Well, every yeah, one so. of my cams I put, don't be a douchebag on, in black permanent marker. <laughs> you did not. You, I you did. did not. Every yeah. one of no. them. It says, don't be a douchebag, don't steal I, me, or something I, like don't, that. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Instantly triggers, <laughs> I'm going to be a dick. <laughs> they It says, like, number 16, they open it, and it says, don't be a dick, just giant, right on the <laughs> <yes>. inside. <laughs> oh... Still don't work. First, still like don't at work.
4: First I, at first, I thought you were ribbing me. I'm like, he can't be serious. No, 100% serious.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. I had two stolen. One said, "Don't be a douchebag." One said, "Don't be a dick." Yeah. Both let gone. Me,
4: let me let, let 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 me let's change the phrasing a little bit. <laughs> you need to get some. What would Jesus do, <laughs> Yeah, that's
2: what I need. <laughs> Maybe well, that'll work a little better. I need to kill God, him with need- kindness.
3: Yes. Uh, you have like one that says,
5: of...
3: he has one that says, don't steal me. We still have that camp. Yeah. So that
5: worked. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that one, don't steal me. I tried that. That was kind of, you know, more soft blow. I need to write, I'm a good guy. <laughs> I'm a kids, decent human man.
3: being.
5: <laughs>
3: I, got I, got I got kids. I got kids. <laughs> That'll work That'll 100. Work every
2: time, yeah. I got three kids, man. I only got two cams,
3: bro. You know what we need to do? Uh, we need to take a out of uh, Brian Rogers' playbook and other Brian. Just yeah. put hashtag doe hunts.
2: I'm just out here hunting does. Yeah, Dough camera. <laughs> right Antlerless cam only. <laughs> That'll oh, work. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to put I got three kids, bro, on everyone.
4: <laughs> That's got to work. kids,
2: man. I got take kids. Oh. What would Jesus do? Yeah, that would that would be decent. I went straight savage, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about drawing a dick on my cams, but then I was like, man, I'm a dick on every one of my that, cams. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to write dick, like the word out, you know what I mean? <laughs>
4: that might be a little strong.
2: Yeah, I was like, I don't want to open it and see a dick every time, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, so <laughs> that might be a little strong. But yeah, I still got a bunch of those, so yeah. <laughs> Work like giant dicks or no. like... <laughs> got none of that got none of that <laughs> oh a bunch of cams yeah, alright yeah, right. got zero of that in the room that's for sure oh we better end it on that
3: man beat the heat in yeah, the rut 2020 went...
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're throwing some secret cam tips at the end here guys you want to try it out I had mixed success with it <laughs> oh that's so. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Always an absolute privilege to talk to Clint. Um, had a lot of fun with him. We got to talk to him another hour after <laughs> um, after recorded. A lot of stuff. Dude's just solid. Um, he's, he's knows how to kill deer, and um, if you uh, get a chance, check out some of his films. Um, really solid guy. Knows how to tell a story, and uh, guy might have some more content coming down the shoot. I'm excited about that. So. Um, Like always, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, If you want to hear our beautiful voices and other people's voices that actually know more about deer hunting (laughs) than us, you can click that subscribe button wherever you're at. That helps us out. Um, Gives you a notification when we post a new episode, which is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, You know what we always say? Do the right thing. Leave a legacy. And White Tail Legacy is out until we're coming in your ear holes hard as hell next Wednesday hard. We out.